Good morning. Today is Thursday, January 28th, 2021. Today is Tu Bishvat, the 15th day of the Jewish month of Shvat. Happy Tu Bishvat. Tu Bishvat is a fascinating day, especially if we look at the evolution of the day, the evolution of its meaning, and the evolution <clears throat> of its observance. The whole thing is fascinating. So I'd like to trace that for you very briefly this morning. Tu Bishvat occurs, appears in the Mishnah. The Mishnah says that the 15th day of the month of Shvat, Rosh Hashanah Le'ilanos. It is the beginning of the new year for trees. That is a purely agricultural accounting fact. And what it means is as follows. Living in Israel, every year farmers harvest the crops, the fruits from their trees, and they're required to give miser 10% to the levy. But the Torah says that the 10% has to be from each year's crop. So you have to be able to define specifically the beginning of the year and the end of the year for the purposes of Miser, so that you know that anything that grows after this date, but before the next year that date, it's in the same fiscal year. So you count up all that you harvested in that fiscal year, 10% goes to the levy. And that date for things that grow on trees is Tu Bishvat, the 15th day of Shvat. Why select this date? Well, it's obvious because in Israel, nothing at this point is on the trees. No fruits are on the trees. There's a growing season from spring into summer into early fall. But in the middle of winter, there are no fruits on the trees. And therefore, it's the perfect time to be able to discern what's now going to start growing in the new year. And we will know that it is finished by the time we get to the next Tu B'Shvat. So it's the perfect date to be able to accurately figure out how much produce did I receive from my trees. And therefore, I can give 10% the accurate amount that's necessary. In the Mishnah, there is no mention of Tu B'Shvat as a reason for celebrating or joy or any other observance. It is purely and exclusively a day for agricultural accountants. That's it. And there it remains for centuries. It only evolves into something else in the modern period, within the last couple of hundred years. And it evolves in two ways, kind of connected, but distinct from each other. Let's go back in history. 1800 years ago, Shlomo HaMelech, King Solomon, wrote a work called Shir Hashirim, the Song of Songs. 
And Shir Hashirim is a work that describes in metaphoric and allegoric terms the relationship between God and the Jewish people and the relationship between the Jewish people and the land of Israel. And in Shir Hashirim, we have the following passages. Anna Dodiva Amarli, my beloved, he spoke, he said to me. So, my beloved refers to God speaking to the Jewish people. He says, Get up, my beautiful one, let us go. The winter is over. The rains have passed and left us. On the land, the buds appear. The time for the songs, singing their songs, has come. And the beautiful sound of the turtle doves can be heard over our land. Now, while that is a beautiful description of nature, it is also a description of what will be the sign of the redemption. When Israel blossoms, we will see a sign that the that the blossoming of the trees of Israel is a metaphor for the blossoming of love between God and the Jewish people. Shir Hashirim continues. Lechadodi, those famous words which we capture every Friday night in our poem, Lechadodi. Lechadodi, come, my beloved. Let's go out into the fields. Let's see what's happening in nature. Let's go into the, into the vineyards. Let's see. If the grapes have begun to blossom. If the blossoms have opened up. Are the pomegranate buds bursting forth. Because if that's true, Shum etain estodai lach, there I shall give you my love. There and then we will be reunited. That's the sign of the reunification of God and the Jewish people after the long years of exile. This is a central principle of religious Zionism that the flourishing and the flowering of Israel is not just an agricultural phenomenon. It is a theological phenomenon. It is a spiritual phenomenon. It is a message that the redemption is at hand. It is a message that God and the Jewish people are coming closer together. About 180 years ago, there was a French writer, Alphonse de Lamartine, who traveled to Jerusalem. And he wrote, Outside the walls of Jerusalem, we saw nothing living. We heard no sound of life. 
Total silence reigns over the city, over the highways, the villages. The whole country is like a graveyard. About 140 years ago, Mark Twain visited the land of Israel and he wrote, There is not a solitary village throughout its whole extent, not for three miles in either direction. One may ride ten miles hereabouts and not see ten human beings. There was hardly a tree or a shrub anywhere. Even the olive and the cactus, whose fast friends of the worthless soil, had almost deserted the country. Israel sits in sackcloth and ashes. And look what's happened in the last 100, 120 years. In our prayer for the state of Israel, we refer to the beginning of the flowering of redemption. And I spoke about that phrase in one context a few weeks ago, but now let's just look at the simple choice of metaphor. Based on Shir Hashirim, flowering, flourishing, trees and plants growing in Israel is the sign that the exile is at an end. It's a sign that the footsteps of the Messiah are arriving. Rabbi Cook, the first chief rabbi of Israel, is one of the first to sense that Tubishvat should now become a day of celebration because it recognizes on this day, we should take time to recognize the flowering of Israel that we see today. He says the first indication of the revival of the settlement of the land of Israel is demonstrated through flowers and trees and fruits. It's a sign of the approach of redemption. And so we celebrate on Tu B'Shvat by enjoying the fruits of the land of Israel and by celebrating how what is happening today in Israel, both the agricultural development as well as the infrastructure reflects the renewal of Jewish life in Israel that announces the imminent arrival of the redemption. So that is one approach that many have taken today that Israel has, that Tu B'Shvat has evolved into a celebration of the flourishing of Israel, natural, social, economic, technological, as a sign of where we are coming to in history. There's another trend that I want to mention very briefly. And this is a wider trend, a global trend. Tu B'Shvat has become a day globally to acknowledge our stewardship of the earth. The Torah tells us at the very beginning of Bereshis, God took Adam, the first man, and placed him in the Garden of Eden, 
la'avda uleshamra, to work it and to protect it. Very importantly, the world, the physical world, is not given to us by God to own as our own. It is given to us in stewardship. We are the stewards of this world. La'avda ulushamra. Listen, please, to how Rabbi Shamshra Fulhersh, writing in the late 1800s, describes this. The purposeless destruction of anything at all is taken to be forbidden. This is the most comprehensive warning to human beings not to misuse the position which God has given them as masters of the world and its matter to capricious, passionate, or merely thoughtless, wasteful destruction of anything on earth. Listen carefully, please. Only for wise use has God laid the world at our feet when he said to man, subdue the world and have dominion over it. We are responsible to take care of this world. We are responsible to protect it. And Tubishvat is a time to recognize that. Listen, please, to this famous passage from the Medrash. It's in the Medrash on Koheles. Listen to these words of our rabbis written almost 2,000 years ago. When God created Adam, the first man, God took Adam on a tour of all of the trees in the Garden of Eden. And God said to Adam, Look at my creations, God says. How beautiful they are. How praiseworthy the natural world is. God says to Adam, God says to us, Everything that I created, Bishvil Chabarasi, I created it for you to enjoy it, to benefit from it, to develop it. I created it, God says, for you and for me and for your children and for my children. Tain be careful. Shalotis Kalkel, Olami. Do not ruin or destroy my world. She'em tikalkel, because if you mess it up, ain mi she'yesaken acharecha. There's no one who's going to come along and fix it for you. I created it. I created it beautifully. I've given it to you to use and to protect and to pass on to previous generations, be careful. Because if you mess it up, there's no one to come along to fix it. Tu Bishvat has become a day to focus on the beauty of what God has created and given to us to use, but to be aware that we are only stewards and we have to be careful not to mess it up.
because if we mess it up, there is no one to come along to fix it for us. It's a day to re-energize ourselves, to take care of this planet, to take care of this world, to treat it properly, to act on it properly, so that its beauty remains for generations to come. My friends, I want to wish you a very happy Tu Bishvat. However you plan on celebrating, paying attention to climate change and nature and preserving the world that we have, whether you emphasize the beauty of the flourishing of the land of Israel, the spiritual message of the approach of redemption, and hopefully you'll put them all together. I wish you a very happy Tu Bishvat. A wonderful day, and I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person.